Ain't he nice? Where'd he go? God dang it. I tell you. My name is Chris. I'm a very grateful recovered alcoholic. I, uh, You, okay, well, thank you. No, I know. <laughs> There's a thousand things I want to say, and, and I, you know, time is short, and I, I, you know, any gathering of Alcoholics Anonymous is a, is a, is a place of heaven. Any conferences that you ever get asked to, to speak at is, I mean, what an honor. And I would never, I, this, I said, so I'm going to stand up here and I'm going to say this has been one special weekend and I'm going to sound like a thousand other circus speakers out there saying the same thing Sunday morning. Like, oh, y'all are such a wonderful bunch. Y'all are really special. I mean, I've talked to some of the other speakers. I don't know what to tell you guys. I mean, it's just something in it. Maybe uh, the format, the way it's set up, uh, you know, we're not reading how it works and the traditions and the promises and, you know, every talk. And we're just kind of cutting to the chase and getting to There's so much information that we've gleaned from these speakers. I mean, everyone, usually you got, somebody said it earlier, usually you've got one stinker speaker in the deal that will contradict everybody else, you know. And it's just, and we didn't have that. Everybody was on the same page. I mean, somebody, whoever picked the speakers, spent some time thinking about this. I just absolutely love it. I, I, uh, I got sober November 13th, 1987, and a few years later I started speaking at little conferences, little, little deals every once in a while, and so I've been doing this for a while, and, and every time you do, the tapers will, they'll give you a set, here, you want a set of the, you know, and I used to collect them, and I still, and I, I, I have cases of them, you know, and I take them and I, we, we donate them to the halfway houses and give them to the little newcomers, and just, it's just so cool, I, and I, I, uh, I, I, and sometimes I don't pick them up. You know, because I just like, I, it's all like what I need is one more set of CDs of people that I've heard a thousand times. I want a set of these CDs. I mean, cause, I mean there's some deep stuff. That stuff that we're just talking about, I mean, every one of these speakers, I want to sit and re-listen to this stuff. I'm usually pretty quick study, but I mean, some of this stuff is like, holy sh, you know. And that's what this is about. If you, I, I'm going to get a set. I told Patty I was going to bring her a set, and uh, and I have never told her that. You know, Patty's my wife, and I just and she because it's, it's just it's some deep stuff and some interesting and the whole purpose of a deal like this. Some of y'all might not. I want to change. I want to grow. I think there was a particular point in time when I was just glad to not be drinking one day at a time. You know, I'm just glad to be here, and you know, and I'm out there slinging and yelling and cussing from the podium, and I'm just I've I've arrived. I'm doing. You know, over a period of time, I've learned. That you can change and become more effective. And that's all I ever wanted to do. I, I didn't know it at the time, but I mean, that's today. I mean, I, I want to be a different speaker next year than I am this year. I, I want there to be growth in my... This, the fact that I don't drop F-bombs every other word shows that there's been a little growth. <laughs> and of course, depending on who you talk to, they will debate whether that's growth or not. You know, I think I'm doing pretty good now. I have at least, I've had at least four of you come up and say, I like you better when you cuss, man. Okay. Okay. Mm, bite me. I just, yeah. 
it's just what an honor. Uh, it's so nice to be able to share the podium with a bunch of like-minded folks. And, you know, we're all carrying it a little bit different. We're all heading in a little bit different direction. But, I mean, it's, the message is the same. It's like you, you look up here and to be a part of this uh, is a pretty, pretty cool deal. I, I was absolutely not supposed to live, folks. I, I was, uh, when I tried to commit suicide in 1987, I had kidney damage and liver damage. I had a psych, a, a sheet on me and my psychiatric disorder is a mile long and all of it, anxiety and bipolar disorder and adult attention deficit disorder. I mean, I just, blah, 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 and I'm taking pills for all of that. And I mean, I'm literally, I'm, I pee green. I'm on so many pills and I light up in the night and I, I, I <laughs> And ain't nothing wrong with that. I just, you know, my problem was, oh, oh my God, I, when I finally got sober at 87, was untreated alcoholism. And uh, I got surrounded by a bunch of guys finally in 87, some of you that weren't here Friday night when we were talking. When This, this is a little sticker we, we, we throw around. I've got them. I'll send you one if you want one. But... Uh, uh, Excerpt from 1942, uh, a letter that Bill Wilson wrote. It's in As Bill Sees It. You can look it up. It says, Our chief responsibility to the newcomer is an adequate presentation of the program. And I finally landed in a room full of people. Guys, I'm not saying seven years in and out of Alcoholics Anonymous, there wasn't a bad person in the room. I'm sorry. They, they, they loved me and I, I loved them. I loved Alcoholics Anonymous. But nobody was giving me an adequate presentation of the program. Keep coming back. It works if you work. It is not an adequate presentation of the program. It's not. I'm not knocking it. Yeah, I am. It's just... <laughs> I, I just... There are people that can stay sober doing that. Just go to a meeting every... And, and I'm... That's... I am not that guy. I talked about it, the, you know, the other day when I talked in here. And I, I just... I'm not that guy. I'm, I'm what Bill Wilson calls the real alcoholic. I'm that hopeless guy that wants to stop and can't. Because I, because I need this thing called a spiritual experience. And everybody, you know, wants to make it light. We're so afraid that we're going to scare everybody out of here by asking them to do something. It's called walk on eggshells around alcoholics. And we do it in our other 12-step fellowships too. And so we've got to stop. We have a message. It's called the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We need to carry that message. I'm going to try to stay on point. I stayed up. I was up till midnight last night. This old bastard, he don't stay up that late ever, but we went to the, where's Jay in here? We, we went to the comedian last night. I've been doing this thing for years. I've been speaking from podiums for all bunch of lives. I never go to the comedian. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'll be there. You know, I'm going to bed. Yeah, he was funny as shit. I thought about gravy all night long. Oh, man. <laughs> in um, sorry over the years uh, about 1993 94 I'm going to take this watch off so I can watch it because I don't want to keep y'all I know some of y'all are running for planes and if you got to get up and go well, that's, I won't take it personal I will notice it but I won't take it personal <laughs> the uh, 
We started collecting uh, chip sale information back in the day. Mark Houston started it. I guess we, got, we were getting chip sales out of Dallas and Houston. And, and uh, since about 1995, I've collected all that stuff. And it's just it's pretty amazing to watch the numbers change, but the percentages are different. And some of y'all are looking a little crazy. It, chip sales, you know, when you pick up a, you know, come in and you want to stay sober in Texas, they'll give you a little aluminum token, a little desire chip, you know, one day at a time, okay, and here, we'll give it to you. If you stay sober 30 days, they'll give you a little red chip. Y'all know how that thing works. Because certain parts of the country, I understand they don't do that. I just think it's a travesty. But, and they'll give them, you know, six months, nine months, blah, 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 and you go up, and in a, in a year, you get a little bronze chip, and we've been collecting them forever. And uh, it's... Uh, it's, it's a little rite of passage. I don't, I think it's pretty cool, but we've been monitoring those chip sales from, from integrate, and these are nothing scientific about these stats. I don't have them in front of me, so I can't get them, get them perfect. Nothing scientific, because there's a thousand places out there to get those chips, but intergroup usually sells them. And so the numbers that they were selling, we could see a big old drop, uh, in Houston, uh, those last, uh, uh, chip sales that I saw, just, I'm gonna ballpark it. We sold 15, uh, 15,000 of those in Houston in 2017, give or take a few, okay? Because, again, I don't have it in front of me. You stay sober 30 days, we sold about 6,500 of those. Did y'all see a slight drop? More than half. Come on, guys. We've never had a problem getting people to come to Alcoholics Anonymous. Since day one, we've never had a problem getting people to come to Alcoholics Anonymous. We've had a nightmare getting people to stay in Alcoholics Anonymous. A lot of nodding heads, y'all know what I'm talking about. One year chips, one year chips, we sold, um, well I'll tell you the percentage of it, the drop off, it's about 10.5% of that total amount. It was such a small amount, it was about 1500, something like that, desire, one year chips. That's like, there was just this huge, in 1970, uh, what was it, 1951 uh, uh, when the book went into its second printing, we had a 75% success rate. I've talked to all the archivists. They'll argue some of them, but they're going to throw it back down. They said, that's, that's correct. I've talked to New York. They, they say that's correct. 75% of the people were staying sober back then. And today we've got less than 10%. You should see it in Europe. I'm going to say it. It's just, it's horrible. Why? We know more about alcoholism, better medications, better, better therapeutic technique. There's absolutely no reason that we shouldn't have success rates through the ceiling. How, why? Because we simply have got away from the basic text. We've got away from the message that we're supposed to be carrying to that newcomer. Because there's a lot of people sitting in Alcoholics Anonymous that don't need that message to stay sober. And I'm not knocking those people. Welcome. Your fruitcake. <laughs> but Bill Wilson wrote down some pretty specific stuff, and he, he he wanted us to see. So basically what happened is we turned into a fellowship of, you know, recovery, meeting, make or make it, recovery. And there's, I, I love meetings. I just, like somebody else said it earlier, God dang it, fellowship is one of the most important things in my life. I mean, walking back to my room yesterday afternoon, i got to tell you, folks, I'm looking around the room, and y'all are visiting, and people are out in the lobby visiting, and the smokers are out there killing themselves smoking, just visiting. And I mean, I, I, we are so enriched by each other. I mean, I've never felt so much love in all my life. I would have missed it had I, had I not gotten sober. But I got sober because a couple of old crusty bastards set me down and opened the big book and finally made me answer some questions about whether or not I was a real alcoholic or an addict or not. 
Guys, the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. We got some people out there that are in. Well, he'll get it if he gets it. Sooner or later. No, he won't. He'll die. And we do it. I said it the other night and I'll move on. This, this comment of he just didn't want it bad enough. We, we need to start taking some responsibility for this. That little newcomer comes in and he don't stay. We need to make sure that we've at least sat down and gave him the message. Buddy, if you, you, you may not want what we got to offer, but we have something that we know works. And I think it's our responsibility to, 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 to carry that message. Twelve step, folks, it's got its own chapter, working with others. Bill Wilson was crystal clear in this idea, the, the, the magic of this. Being an Alcoholics Anonymous and not ever slowing down long enough to actually do this, this sponsorship stuff of sliding up next to a newcomer and helping them, it's like, it's like buying a $10,000 Italian bike, bicycle, and not riding it. You don't know how that feels until you get on a $10,000 bicycle. I got one. It'll bring you. I'm going to tell you. A lot of people sitting around the rooms thinking this is it because I've got mine. There you go. Smoke too many cigarettes, drink too much coffee. Okay. But you miss the miracle of what this is about. It's, it's like reading about sex and having sex. <laughs> Probably could have come up with a better analogy. Okay. Keep coming back. There's a, a lot of you guys have got cards, but y'all email me, I can send you any of this stuff. I won't belabor it. Uh, there's an old great, grapevine article called The Dilemma of No Faith. Bill Wilson wrote it in 1961, about 10 years before he passed away. Y'all think about 61 when we, we, we'd, we'd been around a while. Though 300,000 have recovered in the last 25 years, maybe half a million more have walked into our midst and then out again. We can't well contend ourselves with the view that these recovery failures were entirely the fault of the newcomer themselves. Excuse me. Perhaps a great many didn't receive the kind or amount of sponsorship they so sorely needed. So um, we didn't communicate when we might have done so. So we AAs failed them. I mean, it's not me. Bill Wilson said it. I'm not trying to make anybody uncomfortable. I've done it. I do it today. I get caught up with my guys and my posse and I'm visiting and all that. And the little newcomer comes and sits and I says, you know, I'm going to talk to him after the meeting. And then I get up afterwards and the me's gone. Damn. Because i got to remember what my primary purpose is. My primary purpose is to help the alcoholic stay sober. To carry that message of hope to that person. And if you're not doing it, it may be one of the reasons you're feeling... Outside of AA. I don't feel a part of AA. You're not. You're just going to a meeting. You think that's, that you're going to, you're, you're not. It's like, I, I go to the gym, sit in the lobby. I just, I don't know with all the, I don't know. I just don't feel a part. <laughs> go lift some weights. I don't know what to tell you. Participate. 
87, these old guys got around me and they qualified me. They opened that big book up and they showed me the physical craving and the mental obsession. I went home that night. i got to tell you, folks, I've got tears in my eyes, literally, because for the first time in all these years, I know what's wrong with me. Have y'all ever, even if you get a bad diagnosis, if you've just been sick a long time and the doctor finally tells you what it is, there's a relief. God, at least I know what's wrong with me. And that's what it was with me. I'm literally wiping tears out of my eyes as I drive back to my apartment after that first meeting, Friday the 13th, uh, uh, 1987. And the next day, I had an appointment with these guys. And we did a third step prayer that morning. Got on our knees. We chased a bunch of Alanons out of the back room. Got quiet. And I did exactly what, what Bill was talking about earlier. You know, they said, okay, well, we're going to get on our knees and do a third step prayer. And I mean, I looked around to see if anybody was looking, you know. I mean, I'm embarrassed to, to, to do this. But, but I'm going to take the action, you know. We got up. They gave me a little notebook after lunch. And uh, they took me to lunch. And, they, and it was, we're going to start working on this fourth step. Guys, we got to get this clear. I, again, I, I get emails from all over the world. Chris, don't you think that's a bit fast? I've been in AA for seven years. It, there's nothing fast about this shit. Okay? I'm, this, I'm dying. Okay? There's still people in this gathering that believe that if you want to do this bad enough, if you need to do this bad enough, the miracle is going to take place. It's not. The miracle is when you get off off your butt and actually start doing the work. That, taking the effort. That's Sponsorship is about motivating them little knuckleheads to do that. That's what true love is. Anyway, I started working on that nonsense in that same weekend. I ain't kidding. And that that uh, that night, uh, Sunday night, that was on a Saturday and Sunday. They said, "Chris, we need somebody to answer the phones." I said, "Well, let's yeah, hope you find somebody." <laughs> this, this is back in the day. It was a payphone in the in the AA club. Y'all, y'all, you little new guys, y'all know what that. Hey, phone, Google it, never mind. I said, buddy, I'm the newcomer here. I'm the most important person. What, what, why? I'm detoxing. Why don't you get, Chris, come on, just, just, if the phone rings, sneak out right there. You can stand there and, okay, okay, okay. What do I do? And he said, just say, Louisville group. It's just real simple. Just, they usually want a meeting schedule, meeting time. The schedule's right there. Thank you very much. Bye. They got their coffee, went in the room, and they're watching me, right? And the phone rings. Five minutes after the meeting starts, the phone rings. And I'm looking at them, and I got my arms folded like that, and they're just the same thing. Ah. Ah. I don't want to do anything wrong. You know, it's, it's all about, I'm like a big old ingrown hair. You know, it's all about me, and I don't want to look bad. And I went over and answered the phone. Louisville group. And it turned out, honest to God, it, I, the, I knew the girl on the phone. She was the wife of the, a guy I drank with. She wanted an Al-Anon meeting. And the guy's standing there with, right there with me, and he points, schedule right. I said, yep, 8 o'clock. It'll be here right here. She couldn't believe it was me. Yeah, you know, I'm doing <laughs> uh, Yeah, I'm getting sober. I've been, you know... I'll wait for you out front. You remember what I look like. She said, oh, yeah. I got a little back eye patch. And she said, I waited for her like that. Took her in there like a big boy, you know. Walked back in. They created a monster. You couldn't go near that phone for the next five years. <laughs> little newcomer start reaching. No, no. Buddy, this is very important. You could kill somebody with this. If you don't know what you're doing... 
They got me on the cleanup committee. You know, I was so pissed when I found out that I was the cleanup committee. I thought I was going to have a staff so we could fix this place. But I remember cleaning the club that first time, you know, because I'm in the food business. I know how to set up goddamn room. And these people, and these people came in there, and that nice little lady came over, and she's uh, just she was screamed. She went in the bathroom. And said, oh my god, what's this? She stuck her head around the coffee right, and she looked in the room where I was sitting. And uh, did you clean this place? Yes, ma'am. This is beautiful. I've never seen this club that. She reached around with her little skinny arms. She reached around my neck and gave me a little hug. Guys, I'm two days away from a suicide attempt because I hate my life and I feel absolutely worthless. And these old geezers saved my life by giving me a job. They didn't just say that they've been saying for seven years, just keep coming back, just keep coming back. I can keep coming back. And I'll sit in my own juices until I'm so uncomfortable I can't stand it. And then I'll get up and leave. We've got, you find a job in Alcoholics Anonymous, you'll stay. You don't find a job, you won't. You think it's okay to sit around the periphery and never do anything? And that's what I'd done. I had done nothing in Alcoholics Anonymous. No committees, no coffee, no trash, no cigarette but nothing. Just sit in the room, fold my arms, wait to be offended so I could leave again. I knew he didn't want it, that little one-eyed something. I knew he didn't. 1935, um, Bill Wilson... Get sober finally because a little guy comes and does a little 12 step. They didn't know it was a 12 step call at the time. There was no steps, but he gets, he comes and he, and he, and he helps Bill, Eddie. Y'all know the story. He's a few weeks sober and he comes and finds Bill and, and, uh, uh, Eddie's been given the solution by Roland and, and, uh, you know, he's pretty excited about this idea that he's not drinking. Eddie's sitting there drinking at the, at the kitchen table and Eddie's just telling him what he did and, oh my God, you know, and they start visiting a little bit and pretty soon Bill Wilson starts to get excited about this and shortly after, he ends up in town, Towns Hospital, depending on the archivist you talk to for the third time or the fourth time. I don't know. He'd been there multiple times and had not stayed sober. Third day of detox, Eddie comes in with a couple of books. And William James, Variety of the Religious Experiences, one of them. I'm like, yeah. If you want something to make you feel really stupid, <laughs> that's the toughest book I ever tried to flip through, i got to tell you. And I'm pretty smart. We were laughing about it this morning with Tom. The... And he, they go in there and he starts doing the work with Bill in treatment. I hear people all over the world, you can't have a spiritual experience in treatment. Let me see. I think Bill Wilson did, asshole. Let me see if I can get this out. <laughs> um, we got so many people out there that want it. That they, just, they just believe this and they share it and that's okay. But I mean, I'm just saying, again, don't listen to me. Don't listen to Bill. Don't listen to Charlie. Don't listen. What's the book say? Historically, it's pretty accurate. It's proved to be pretty, pretty solid. God dang. Ninth day in Towns Hospital, and he's had a barn-burning spiritual experience. He's done a fourth step, then a third step, a little prayer. He's working on, he's, he's working on his amends from, from treatment. I mean, you know, from the detox. He gets out thinking, man, we need to go maybe help some other alcoholics. That same week, he's back in there helping other alcoholics, trying to share his hope, trying to share the vision of, of life without... Re- Six months later, he's in, he's in Akron. Y'all know the story? 
He's in Akron. Business deal goes bad. He didn't have enough money in his pocket to pay his hotel bill. When he finally gets hold of Henrietta Cyberling, he had to walk four, four plus miles to get to her house because he didn't have enough money for a cab. And he's sitting in a hotel lobby thinking about maybe, maybe having a drink. He's on real slippery ground. You read uh, Language of the Heart. He talks about it. A bunch of the, the historical doctrine has this quote. He said, I found myself in Akron, Ohio on a business venture which promptly collapsed. Alone in the town, I was scared to death of getting drunk. I was no longer a teacher or a preacher. He'd been doing that for six months, working with alcoholics. Listen, because this is it. If there's a secret handshake, I'm fixing to give it. Send those love gifts to P.O. Box 1. I was no longer a teacher or a preacher. I was an alcoholic who knew that he needed another alcoholic as much as that one could possibly have needed me. I cannot tell you how many times I have gone and worked with an alcoholic and had them get up and say thank you and leave and then two days later they got drunk. But exactly what Lois told Bill, stop worrying about the failures or the successes. You need to understand that you're staying sober because of it. Guys, we have such a crappy success rate in Alcoholics Anonymous in parts of this country because we've done the pushback with this idea of, of working with others. And that group that I sobered up in up on the chalkboard of the above, it says you have to be two years to, to sponsor. It's, it's a notice that you have to be. Well, thank God Eddie didn't know that. Thank God Bill and Bob didn't know that. Because you see, it's by working with you that I get to be sober. Guys, and I'm not talking about speaking for the public. I'm talking about sitting down with a little knucklehead with a book open trying to help him. Maybe do a little fist step. Maybe do a little, just visit a little bit. Because I'm going to be blessed by that. That's exactly what Bill Wilson, Dr. Bob were trying to explain to us. Why? How did we get so far off the page, folks? You're not sober long enough to sponsor. I'm 14 real quick. My friend had emphasized, and if you read Bill's story, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna see some, some, some pretty good stuff in there. Cause he gets pretty clear. And of course, I gotta tell you, and, uh, there's a solution. Bill Wilson makes this pretty clear point that each of us are gonna do this a little bit differently. Y'all follow? Some of y'all are so intellectual, it's unbelievable. And there's certain people that will not get this unless you approach them that way. And some of you guys, you know, you need a 20 pound sledgehammer. That would be me. I, you know, it takes all of us, guys. We're, we're different. My friend had emphasized, he's talking about Abby, uh, the absolute necessity of demonstrating these principles in all my affairs. Particularly was it imperative, imperative, hmm, to work with others as he'd worked with me. Faith without works was dead, he said, and how appallingly true for the alcoholic. For if the alcoholic fails to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. If he didn't, he would surely die, then faith would be dead indeed, blah, blah, blah. That's what it said. Y'all. Candace, yesterday when she was doing her talk, she was talking about Jim, the car salesman. Yup, yup, And that's what it says in Jim. But he failed to enlarge his spiritual life. When it says that in the book, folks, it's saying he didn't go work with any newcomers. It's just like when it says, when he says he made a beginning, that means he did a third step prayer. That's what Bill Wilson's referring to when he writes this in the, in the book. Guys, 
Page 129. And I'll quit. It is well to let him go as far as he likes in helping others, other alcoholics. During those first days of convalescence, this will do more to ensure his sobriety than anything else. In those first days of convalescence, come on guys, I work in a treatment center. I've worked in treatment centers for 26 years. I've watched thousands upon thousands upon thousands of patients come through treatment. And the ones that get up and start looking around and see who they can help, they're st- they're st- you would not believe they're staying sober. It's that giving it away in order to keep it business. The old timers used to say, you've got to give it away to keep it. Bill Wilson is saying, you've got to give it away to get it. Is it uncomfortable? Yes. Is it awkward? Yes. Are you going to do it perfect? No. It's a train wreck. Are we going to make mistakes? Of course we are. But it doesn't seem to affect the outcome. The outcome is that things start changing once we start to do this work. Pretty spectacular. I'm soapbox is one thing, and I got one thing, a couple of things I want to read to you. I touched on it the other night with this idea of being around a bunch of people in AA that encouraged me to get excited about recovery, encouraged me to start a business, encouraged me to go back to school, encouraged me to do some. But they also encouraged me to get active helping other alcoholics. In my opinion, we have a whole bunch of people out there that spend entirely too much time in sponsorship telling people what they can't do. Guys, i gotta, I, I, I got to tell you. We've got this little glide plane up here, and on one end of the program is this completely ineffectual sponsorship, which is just keep coming back, okay? And we'll talk to you. Yeah, just that's it. And then we have at the other end, we have this dictatorial kind of sponsorship. And somewhere in between is the most effective, as far as I'm concerned, kind of sponsorship. We, we, this end down here is telling you, you can't, you can't do this. You can't be in a relationship for a year. You, you can't get a new job. You can't do... You're taking stuff out of the book and you're cherry picking it. You're, you're, you're quoting it out of context. It's like easy does it. Nowhere in there does that refer to the steps. It's in chapter, family after chapter of the lives. I forget. With your families, easy does it. I understand it. Bill Wilson was dead on when he wrote it. He's not saying, but it always translates to go slow, take your time. Guys, that window of opportunity we talked about is closing. And when it closes, the obsession is going to come back. And you're going to go drink. You're not going to think through the drink. You're not going to play the tape through. You're not going to call your sponsor. You're not going to do... You're not... Yeah. No. You can take that Living Sober book and shove it. Yeah. We always applaud all over the world. But we still allow AA to publish that piece of crap. I'm just saying. Quit. I know some of you are mad. <laughs> you give it to your sponsors when they, yeah, no. Your sponsees. I don't, I don't want to play that game. <laughs> There's some old kid um, came up after. I don't know if y'all do it up here. We have little newcomer packets. And uh, we, you put your name on them like that, and then the little newcomer comes in, and you hand them little. They get the little packet, and anyway, I I put my name on a half a dozen of these. I mean, gazillions of them. Just they pass it around the room. You put it on there. Here, here you go. Anyway, one night, one of those little bastards called me, and I'm 
home phone the girl I was living with she she grabbed hold she says it's that it's that young man that was in the meeting tonight and um, and I, I, I literally I'll, I'll never she's I'm not here we were fixing to eat dinner six o'clock meeting seven o'clock we're eating dinner he calls I'm not here and she said yeah I'll, I'll get him right now on the phone like that. I mean, I remember it like, what? You know? Uh, he was a little cook, and I'd said something about being a cook, and I'd introduce myself, and he was fixing to go to work, and a couple hours of the shift started, and he was think he was crazy, just batshit. And he said, man, do you think you could talk to me a little bit? I don't want to drink. I want this to be my sobriety date. I, I picked up a chip, and I want to stay sober. But I'm, I said, where are you at? He says, I'm at the Waffle House. And I'm looking out my window, and the Waffle House is right there. Look. On 121? Yes, that's where I work. Yes. I'll be right there. And I'm walking out and she throws a big book at me. And she said, here, you might need this. She'd been sober a long time. She 13-stepped me. Thank God. And I went and sat with this kid. And we were laughing and we sat out in the parking lot. We talked about, we talked about cooking mostly. We just, you know, we're cooking. I mean, I, I love to watch them flip eggs. And we talked and my, my apprenticeship and blah, blah, blah. And we started talking about the literature. And he said, man, I can't believe you can work in this industry and stay sober. And I said, yeah, buddy. And I was, listen, guys, I was just, I mean, a couple of months sober. I don't know, not long. And then we just start, yeah. And that's just, I mean, I'm thinking this is going to work. And we got to visit. And I went in because I hadn't eaten. And, and we shift started. And I had some eggs and stuff. And anyway, I drove home. It was like two, three hours later. And I drove home. And this girl's sitting on the porch waiting. She's freaked out. This is before sell stuff. She thinks that we're out there drunk. I was just going to go talk to him for a few minutes. I didn't know this was going to be a project forever. <laughs> we had a great time, you know, like that. And she, after she ate my butt for not calling, she was worried to death like that. I went in there, sitting down, had a big shitty grin, gave her the little book back like that, was telling her all about this. And, oh, my God, you wouldn't believe what happened. And she said, but I don't know what you did, but whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Because you're different. All you, all you gotta do is sit down one time with somebody and realize that what you're saying matters. It'll, it'll change you. But if you're not careful, somebody will take a shot at you for it. You're not sober long enough. Y'all fall. The worst ones is, we were t- laughing about it earlier. Somebody comes home and they're all happy and they're all excited and some old bastard wants to drop a big old bucket of cold water on you. Oh, you're just a, a pink cloud is all you're going through. Reality's going to hit you pretty, yeah, okay. There's people out there still betting on me to lose this pink cloud after 31 years. <laughs> just, that's not right. Guys that I sponsor when I started, uh, I started asking them to do some specific stuff. And over the years, I've added some stuff in sponsorship. Uh, and uh, I've got this little little document here called Willing to Go to Any Length. It's just something that, that I use, and, and I can send you a copy of it, and then you can customize it for you. But I, 
over the years, you know, you get some guys and you start sponsoring them and you, you know, you see some failures and then you start realizing that you're failing for the same damn reason. And so some of this stuff continues to come up over and over again. It's not in the big book, uh, but, uh, everybody's got their own little way. You know, every lineage seems to have their own thoughts on, on, on how to do this. The one, uh, universal thing that I try to, to tell people, I'm not sure that I really care how you sponsor as long as that you understand why you're sponsoring them. And that's to get them through the work as quick as possible. Again, I said it the other night, this, <laughs> this is a race. People are always saying, this is not a race. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Because if I can get them to that spiritual experience and that obsession goes away, they can go kick some butt. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in their life. But the fact is, I know really clearly because I've had some really, really sad situations where people that I just knew I could help and they died and they didn't stay sober. I'm just, I, I can't take responsibility for your sobriety. I can't take responsibility for your, for your relapses. What I can do though is guarantee that way I can sleep at night is know that I've made every attempt to get you spiritually connected. Get them, get them, and guys, it's, 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 how fast do you go through the steps? There's some people I can go through in, in a, in a couple of days, and we're writing inventory. And there's some it takes a, a few weeks. I, I just, when, when I sit down and do a fifth step with a guy, uh, I mean, uh, I, we do a third step prayer, I'm gonna make him, I give him seven days to do a fifth, uh, to a, do a fourth step. I, I got my little date planner, open up, okay, this, this time next Sunday we'll do a fifth step, that's okay? Yep. Cause you know damn good well they're not gonna touch it until Saturday night at ten o'clock. <laughs> We, we make way too big a deal out of that. You know, I'm working on my fifth step, fourth step. I'm working on my fourth step. You, you haven't touched it in six months. It's in a closet. You, you, let's get this shit done. Because the miracle takes place if you can get that. That's what we try to do. Willing to go to any length, this little document, I'm asking him. When I sit down with him, and Charlie comes and asks me if, he, if I could sponsor him. And I said, well, yeah, absolutely. i got some time. Let's, let's, let's do this. And in the process of this, we're going to talk about the book. Make sure he's got a big book. Make sure he understands. I've got a little index I send him. I, you know, I print him out and I stick it in the book where the steps are outlined. So if he's having a problem, he, all he's got to do is look at that little index and he can see where the steps are. Y'all follow a lot of people don't know. Well, I'm not sure exactly what page that's on. I do. I know exactly where it is. So I'm going to make sure that they've got that so we don't have that excuse going around. It's uh, It works out good. I'm going to make sure that they allow me to qualify them. Whether we do it that night or the next day, I'm going to sit down with them and we're going to talk about the physical craving, mental obsession, spiritual malady. Those pages on 20 and 21 to find out, are you a moderate drinker, hard drinker, or real, or real McCoy? i got to find out. I'm not saying you're not welcome if we find out you're a hard drinker. Have a nice life. Rock on. Okay. But the sense of urgency is there for that real alcoholic. And we want to make sure. I'm going to find out if they're a little dope fiend. Maybe they're not an alcoholic. Maybe they're just a little dope fiend. I'll say it again. I said it the other night. Underneath most of you little dope fiends in here are as a garden variety alcoholic. We Guys, statistically, we watch it. Most drug addicts relapse on alcohol. Given sufficient reason, when you drink, it makes you want to go do dope. Can you stay away from the alcohol? No. Welcome to Alcoholics Anonymous. (laughs) Underneath most of you little alcoholics is, uh, yeah, never mind. You'll light up like a neon sign. We're losing more people in Alcoholics Anonymous through prescription medication than anything else. That's just a fact. The doctors are prescribing it like it's candy. 
And I, I just, it's, it's tragic. Well, I can do it. I'm not a drug addict. I know, but when you take those chemicals like benzodiazepines, it triggers the craving. In the same area of the brain that the alcohol is affected, it triggers that and you're off to the stupid races. Come on, guys. Well, I guess, uh, I wish I could not drink and take benzos. How cool is that? I mean, I, <laughs> I liked alcohol. It made me move. It's, it's, I don't know how you, some of you little dopers do this. Listen, look what. This is. This doesn't look like fun to me. I know it sounds like heaven to some of y'all. I just. I. I can't. I can't do that. I want you to be willing to take the steps quickly. Again, guys, I'm not going to be rigid lockstep with this, but we're going to go through this pretty quick. This is like triage. We've got to stop the bleeding, okay? So I want you to be willing to do that. I want you to be willing to attend specific meetings. Guys, early on, I want you to try to go to some meetings where I go, and I go to only literature-based meetings. Being 12 and 12 meetings, big book meetings are what we've got. We read the book, we study it, as Bill sees it meetings. You can go to any literature-based meeting except a living sober literature-based meeting. <laughs> Even if you want to go to some other meetings, and that's fine. You want to go to open discussion, that's fine too. But but it'll it'll confuse you because that's where the people with all the opinions seem to 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 want to come. Oh, your sponsor's killing you. You don't need to. I didn't work a step until I was two years over. Okay, we're gonna die. All right. <laughs> stay stay pretty focused. I want you to be willing to do uh, just uh, big book with me until we get through the steps. The 12 and 12 guys, their head spins around and they start puking green shit. It's like <laughs> exorcist stuff. <laughs> guys, I'm not knocking the 12 and 12. It's a beautiful piece of literature written 11 years after the big was. Bill Wilson is under heavy psychiatric care. The guy named Tom Powers actually wrote it. It's, it's a great book. It's subsequent thoughts. If you want to get confused, do the big book, fourth step out of the big book, and then try to compare it to the fourth step in the 12 and 12. A lot of shaking head. It'll confuse the daylights out of you. I'm just, and I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying, let's do the first step. Let's do the big book first, and then let's do the 12 and 12. I'm going to say this right now because it's on one of my willings. I want you to be willing to write, to read everything that Alcoholics Anonymous ever produced, published. They, they're some of the best books. It's an anomaly out there looking around. The newcomers don't buy. I mean, how many newcomers do you know that are reading uh, uh, Asbel Sees It or uh, Dr. Bob and the Good Old Timers or, or AA Comes of Age? But we used to give them the gifts to each other. You know, nine, six months over here, here's a book. And we used to read it. There's just such great literature out there. But nobody seems, I mean, the inner group out there, that wonderful booth, they had to set up. They had all that literature. And, I mean, even stuff you don't believe in. They got the stuff about the atheists. Read it. It's just good shit. It's just this great information out there. My guys that I sponsor, you're going to read. So, the guys that can't read, I send to somebody else. Okay. <laughs> just kidding. <clears throat> I want you to be completely willing to be honest. Uh, Bill Wilson in... in uh, and how it works when he gets down and there's two or three places in that first little paragraph he says if you have the ability to be honest you can get well and I guess I cannot tell you how many people I've sat down with and said oh I'm willing to be honest but you're lying like a dog about a whole bunch of areas of your life sex and checks big time y'all follow 
I knew a guy one time that couldn't stay sober, couldn't stay sober, couldn't stay sober. Came back to treatment, and I said, "But we, we caught him at the door and said, buddy, we'll accept you back in treatment for your eighth time, but you're going to have to come out of the closet. Everybody in the place knew he was gay. He knew he was gay, but he wasn't going to talk about it. But you see, guys, you can't live your life based on a lie. When your insides don't match your outsides, you're screwed. Honesty. He's still sober today, 15 years. Love him. Guys, sometimes this is tough. Honesty. Relationships. It's not okay you're in a relationship you don't want to be in. It's not okay that you're working at a job you hate. Honesty. It's not okay that you're cheating on your expense reports. It's not okay. You, this little chicken shit stuff over here. We'll mess you up over here. And the only people rolling their eyes are the people that have never... Yeah, okay. You've got to be honest, folks. It's tough. You're... Uh, some of you are so beautiful. You're such dynamic individuals. And you've never seen that. You've never experienced what you can truly be because you're living a fucking lie. And I sit down and I talk to him about that. you got to be honest. I also want you to be honest about your medications. It's a point that we could talk about forever. I don't have time to do it today. But please understand. I'm not a doctor and I'm not going to tell you what medications to take. But as your sponsor, I'm going to know what medications you're on. Because six months from now when you're feeling great and you decide to stop taking those antidepressants and you throw them in the trash... And two days later, you're in a nut hut. And we don't know what the problem is. It's not fair. Y'all, not going to tell you not to take these medications. I'm not a doctor. If you're on a whole bunch of medications, I don't think you need to be on. I'll share that with you. And we can go to a doctor. I'm on seven pills a day when I tried to commit suicide, folks. And under a doctor's care with good sponsorship, I was able to, over the next eight months, get off all of those medications. It's pretty cool. One of the, one of the, uh, I think the only medication uh, that I wasn't on all those years was Viagra. I never seemed to have a. Yeah. I want you to be real honest with me about anonymity and, uh, and understand that it's perfectly okay for you to break your anonymity about being in recovery. I'm not telling anybody in here that they need to break their anonymity about being Alcoholics Anonymous. You can do whatever you want to do with that. I just. I just, I've seen the harm in that. If my life depends on working with you, but you don't know I can help you, then I'm not going to ever get that opportunity. And I watch it all the time. And I says, there's some great movies out there, anonymous people, there's some stuff out there that you can look at. I just think some of us, guys, the, the stigma back in the day when Marty Mann and Bill Wilson and these folks, I mean, oh my God, there's a great autobiography out there Marty Mann wrote, uh, uh, Hazleton publishes it. It's, Fantastic! Y'all need to read it. Y'all need to absolutely read it because I mean, she was spectacular. This woman, and uh, she was high, uh, you know, function. She was a socialite in New York uh, uh, as a, and a brutal alcoholic. She was also gay, and uh, 
She was spectacular. Uh, she was one of the main uh, driving forces with the Hughes Act that allowed so many of us to go to treatment over the years. And she's a spectacular woman. But she talks about this. She says, what's the number one problem of people entering recovery? And she said, stigma, stigma, stigma. And we're still perpetuating it today because there's too many people afraid to break their anonymity out there in public. It just drives me nuts. I am absolutely for the tradition. Some of you little guys with your heads spinning around, I am, I'm not saying. Everybody in North Texas knew that I was an alcoholic. And then I get sober and I'm going to be quiet about it. <laughs> Stigma, folks. Everybody out there has got somebody that they know and love that are alcoholics and addicts. It's not like we were 83 years ago. It's time to get come out of the closet and tell people that we're in recovery so that the person next to you can get well. That's what we're looking at. I want my guys to be okay and comfortable. Also, another deal, too, is if you don't tell the people around you that you're in recovery, then that leaves you an out to get out. Makes sense? I knew a girl one time that announced that she was going to quit smoking on, on public radio in Austin, Texas. Millions of people listen to her. Y'all follow it? She's quit smoking. Because <laughs> she couldn't start smoking again. She'd have to go apologize to, you know, a million people. Sometimes our, our secrecy, our hiding this, is just to perpetuate the relapses. Draw a line in the sand. Start standing for something. Just say it. If you're going to be with me, you're going to take a service commitment. Early on, it saved my life. Everybody gets a chance to do a service commitment. Some of you guys are great treasurers. Some of you guys are intellect. Some of you, there's, we all have talents, decorators, artists. Find a job in AA and you'll stay. Stop just coming to a meeting thinking that you're going to get this. You're not. Come on, guys. Everybody gets to participate. The spiritual warfare is that you don't have what it takes to do that. And we need to overcome that. We can talk about it in a second. Going to have to sit through a little lecture with me about AA etiquette. I think it's really important that we talk to the newcomers. We don't sometimes about AA etiquette. I am a huge fan of all the little dope fiends. I started a little DAA meeting so the little drug addicts could have a place to go. But i got to tell you guys, it's just like you, you, you're welcome in any meeting you want to go to. I'm just saying there's a way to introduce yourself. You know, my name's Chris, and I'm an alcoholic and an addict, and an AA meeting violates the traditions. Singleness of purpose. Why set them up for an ass-whipping if we don't tell them? Yeah, dress appropriately. Somebody said it, Katie was talking about. Dress appropriately. I'm not saying you got to put a suit on every time you do But I had one of my guys chair in a meeting long ago, and he walked in with cutoffs so short that his junk was hanging out. And he had a T-shirt on, literally with a pot symbol on the front of the shirt. I said, I said oh, buddy, you're... You, you, no. <laughs> no. Etiquette, dress, drop a dollar in the basket. So many people, guys, you don't understand. It's like, this is like tithing, you know? I don't want you to drop a dollar in the basket because the group needs your money. We, we, I got this. I got a pocket full of money. I, I want you to drop the dollar in the basket so that you can see what that's about. You put good shit out in the universe, you're gonna get good shit back. Some of you guys living from paycheck to paycheck, I can't ever seem to make ends meet. It's cause you're too stingy with your money. Start. 
We don't give money to the homeless people because we want to give money to the homeless people. We're a little selfish about it. I give money to the homeless people so I can get it back. You know, in full, I got a blessed life, folks. Give, you'll receive. In your service, your money, your time, I, I don't know. I understand what it's like to live from paycheck to paycheck, not have enough. Just I'm start the pump going, put put it out there and see what happens. I just I think it's important. I think it's real important with health and exercise. And I'll get off this. I, I think we watch a lot of people in Alcoholics Anonymous come in, um, you know, quit drinking and then and don't do anything. And pretty soon you know, their, their heads all cluttered up and they're mushy headed and you know it, vitamins. We come in sick. We need some help. Go to the doctor. Get some. Get checked out. It's 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 important. Get your teeth fixed. God, I wish I had a nickel for every dollar I spent at a dentist after I got sober. Oh my God, methamphetamine. Never mind. I just... <laughs> but you can't go help a, a newcomer if you feel bad all the time. And sometimes it's simple. Depression, uh, niacin, uh, vitamin B complex now. They're showing that some really good help for some people that are suffering from low-grade depression where the antidepressants are not working. It's just methylated vitamin B. Try it. Fish oil. For you little meth heads, it's proven to help. Just throw that out there. This is not in the big book, but I'm just saying, the guys that I'm sponsoring, I want them healthy. I want them happy. So we're going to sit there and, and, and love on them a little bit and uh, give them the attention they need. I also want them to study the history so they can kind of see what this is about. Can you all see these pictures up here? Yeah. y'all. Yeah, just To stand up here on this podium and be flanked by these pictures, you how can you not feel connected to this deal by looking at this. Y'all realize one generation from these folks right here. To be a part of that. Some of you that don't know AA's history, please come see me. I can, I can bog your Dropbox down with some cool, some of it unapproved <laughs> history of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I gotta tell you, it'll, it'll blow you out of the water. I gotta wrap this up. Some of you are suffering from the delusion, I think, that maybe you know um, who God's gonna use to help you. You know, I get people all the time, you know, I need, I need somebody like you to sponsor me. And I say, hey, you're looking for a trophy sponsor or something. You know, you know, it's like you what you need is somebody that's been armed with the facts about themselves that understands and you look at them and are they happy? I mean, that, that's the way you do it. The question you need to ask somebody if you're looking for a sponsor is, have you had a spiritual experience as a result of working the steps? Holy shit. And listen, and they'll do, they'll either do two things. They'll come at you and hug you, absolutely, or they'll crawfish back from you like, who, where, who, what, where'd you come from? But we spend longer shopping for a microwave than we do for a sponsor sometimes. And it's like, buddy, I don't want somebody that's miserable to sponsor me. I don't want somebody that's, that hasn't had a spiritual experience as a result of the steps. Oh, well, let's don't get too spiritual. Next. Because I want to get spiritual. I want to continue to grow. I want to get closer to that power that keeps me sober. Because that's where I get the guidance about what to do with my life. Y'all, y'all can see that, right? I I can't sponsor a gazillion guys. I sponsor a whole bunch of guys. 
I, but it's just intensive with a couple. I'm sponsoring you. It takes everything I can do just to work with one or two guys at a time. And I'm going to get you through the steps and I'll pat you on the butt and then we're good friends. I've got guys in here that I've sponsored that, you know, that we're close. But, but it's not this arduous call me every day. Oh my God. If, if, he might need me to, to visit every day. New sobriety? Absolutely. But this nonsense of, you know, I just don't agree with, it's cultish. Y'all follow? I don't want you to depend on me. Bill Wilson wrote about it. Depend on this. Depend on the program. Depend on our beautiful fellowship. If you're depending on one person, they're going to let you down eventually. Just, just my experience. I, uh, I'll end with this. I'm, I'm, uh, I've talked about this from podiums before and it still makes me laugh every time because I see it all the time. It happens to me all the time. And I, I'm in a, a meeting and we have the, the Beautiful Outpost Recovery Club in Ingram, Texas. Just y'all come visit if you want to. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, just, sisters over there from that club. It's a great little club. We bought it a billion years ago as a nonprofit. We set it up. We got tired of getting kicked out of places. We started our little Ingram Solution Group with four guys, four or five guys, you know, disenfranchised. We were big book thumpers. We wanted a place where we could go introduce ourselves as recovered and not have to take shit from half the room. Bill Wilson tells us to introduce ourselves that way to the newcomer. Page 90, look it up. Today. <laughs> We're at the outpost and, and, uh, and we got a big old room on Tuesday night, I, I mean on Wednesday night we'll have a hundred people in there, big book. We're studying the book. We read three or four pages and talk about it. And it's pretty good. We got a bell ringer at that deal, so you got five minutes to share. That old geezer with 50 years, he can share for five minutes. And that little young guy, thinks share for five minutes. You get in there and think that what you have to share is so special, you don't, and we'll ring the fucking bell on you. Ding, 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 ding. Everybody laughs. You follow it. You're embarrassed. Some people don't come back. Bye-bye. See you later. We all laugh. We all have the bell rung on us. And then the next time you pay attention to the clock. Because I want to hear from everybody. How many of you guys have ever sat in a room with a little newcomer like that and they say they open their mouth and started sharing something and you go, damn! That's exactly what I'm going through today. Yeah. Don't think you know who God's going to use to change your life. It may be that little... Yeah. Patty and I are sitting together. <clears throat> I got to tell you, Patty's in recovery too, and and uh, she's uh, and we go to meetings together. I know a lot of people out there get crazy. You know, you need to go to your meetings, and she'll go to her meetings. It's like, guys, we're not in meetings to talk about each other. If you're sitting in a meeting talking about a significant other that's not there, shame on you. AA is not therapy. Go call me. Let's go visit. Let's let's get together. Go eat. We'll talk, we'll, we'll talk all about in a meeting. Uh uh-uh. uh uh uh. We're talking about God. We're talking about the spiritual experience. I got one job in my AA meeting, guys, and that's to share some hope with the newcomer. That's it. I, I don't have my guys go to these meetings where you'll bring a problem. If you have one and you don't share it, you might drink. Uh, the eh. <laughs> I'm sitting in this meeting on uh, on uh, 
on Wednesday, and, and I've seen it, like I said, a zillion times, and, and I share a little something in the meeting, and everybody else goes, it was just, it's a big meeting, and a uh, little guy behind me shares, a little guy I'm sponsoring, and, and uh, he's a little knucklehead, and, and uh, you all know how you, when you get in, in a meeting sometime, and you're, or you, in an airport, it happens to me all the time, and you sense that somebody's looking at you, even on my blind side, I can catch you, I can catch you someday, yeah, but, and you're, they're looking, and, and I look over, and I glance at him, and I look at Patty and says, Patty, is that, is that kid over there? Look, that mohawk. He's, he's looking at me. Not him. <laughs> That's the finest effing mohawk I ever saw. <laughs> it just pisses me off. I will never be that cool, ever. <laughs> it's a mess. I love it. I look at Patty and Patty says, that guy looking at me. She says, yep. Like that. And we're getting our books. At the end of our meeting, you know, we, we don't, we say the Lord's Prayer and then we say stay at our meeting. You know, stay. And, uh, and, uh, and I, I says, is he still looking? And I'm re- got my briefcase and put my book up and get it. She said, yes. He's coming this way. Y'all follow? And I look up and he's coming. He's not coming. He's coming. <laughs> And I look at Patty and I tell her, I just like, Patty, I can't sponsor this kid. I've got, I got one or two already on the hook. I'm, I'm busy. I got this job change coming up, blah, 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 blah. I guess I, 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 I can't. And you can hear the music, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Push, dodging, you know, zigging and zagging like OJ coming to the airport. And I'm like, oh shit. And I finally look at her and I says, oh shit, okay, okay, okay. Patty's looking at me and says, you know, where's the gratitude? Come on, be, be nice. Alright, 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 I got my stuff like that. And he gets about right here and I turn around to shake hands with him like that. And he pushes me out of the way. I mean, not, excuse me, he pushes me out of the way to get to this fruitcake behind me. I sponsor this little guy behind me. He's got so many piercings in his I shit in his face. If there's a thunderstorm outside, we won't stand next to this kid. <laughs> Literally. This kid, he's the he's the guy that would come up to me after and says, I don't know why nobody wants to, to ever talk to me. I said, buddy, look, he's He's got a vape that's so big he's got to hold it with two hands. I no sh- I ain't kidding. Some of you guys just for heads up, that is not cool. I don't know what that, but he's got this vape and he's hucking something, he's got so much smoke, all it looks like is two little skinny legs sticking down with all the smoke. I said, buddy, nobody knows where you are. I mean, they can't see you. We're laughing. This is like, oh my God. And he shared in the meeting and he did a pretty good job. He slung a little solution, but it was nothing compared to what I shared. Come on, I went really deep, buddy. I got some serious stuff here. You know, got a little tear and oh my God, I shared great. He, this kid didn't want a damn thing I had to share. Y'all understand that? He wanted this little knucklehead back here with all the piercings and the gutting spacers and shit. And I, I like... I, and I look at Patty after I said, I thought what I shared tonight was particularly good. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why uh, he didn't. Uh... 
and I'm cleaning up the room. I turn the PA off, and I'm getting ready to go. Coffee, y'all follow, are getting everything ready to go, and I'm leaving. And as I walk out of the big room, I asked the little guy back, I said, buddy, you got the lights? He said, yeah, we're just going to be here a minute. And he's sitting over there in the corner with that little new guy. He's got his big book open, set it a thousand, watching a thousand. Uh, do you have a highlighter? Got to have a highlighter when we start talking about this book because I want you to highlight some stuff. Just like I did him six months ago. This guy's six months sober. And I am perfectly comfortable with the job that this kid is going to do with this guy. I've worked him through the steps. He's had a spiritual experience. He knows exactly what to do. He's got the time to do it. He's sitting there loving on that guy. And again, I look at the pictures of Bill and Dr. Bob on our wall in our club. And I'm looking around and I'm saying, yeah, that's how this thing goes. Old geezers caught me in 1987 and they opened the big book and they showed me the direction to go. And I will forever be grateful that they didn't pat me on the ass and tell me to keep coming back. I will forever be grateful to those people that stayed after the meeting and went out of their way to show me what was in that book. And, and I get to do the same thing. And I did the same thing with that kid. And now this kid gets to do it with him. The legacy continues, folks. That circle triangle that we're all a part of, we get to continue to do the same thing. Guys, i got to tell you, I walk out of that room with tears in my eyes. William James, the guy I was talking about earlier, the Bill Wilson, one of his favorite authors, got some great quotes. I'll end with this. Active is what you do makes a difference. Why? Because it does. Thank you all. Thank you.